Hi everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into Grow With Grief, a podcast that aims to make the uncomfortable comfortable and open up the conversations around grief and loss. My name is Katrina, and together we will be hearing different stories from different people, how grief has impacted their life and what they've learned from it. And together we will create a community that normalizes the conversations around grief and loss. Jude Hill is a UK-based author and leading voice in the field of life after loss, specialising in a variety of transformational energy techniques and her four C's model. She empowers people to move from sadness to sunshine. She focuses on transforming negative thoughts and feelings to enable people to move through grief and discover a new connection with their loved ones. After specialising with working with bereaved parents for two years, Jude is almost about to launch a new Life After Loss community offering support to anyone who has lost someone special to them. Can't wait for you to hear this episode to hear Jude's story of grief and life after loss. Jude, hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Good, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited that you're on here to share your story. So me and you, I think, unknowingly met kind of at an event a few years ago, but we've really been put back in contact through a mutual friend recently. And after having a conversation and basically being able to just talk and talk and talk together, (laughs) <laughs> I thought it would be lovely for you to come on and share your journey and what you're doing to give back to the grief community. So for anybody that doesn't know you, can you just give a brief wrap up of your life so far and how you've come to be where you are today? So, okay, I'll try and keep it short. So <laughs> I suppose the, the, the sort of journey through um, grief and loss starts uh, 28 years ago now. So sadly, my son that was four years old at the time passed away from cancer. So um, as probably people, listeners can imagine, that just completely floored me um, at the time. But I did do the pushing on things. So I pushed on and, and went back to work and that sort of kept me busy and acted as distraction and other things. And then uh, two months, uh, two months, a couple of months before the second anniversary of Adam's death, uh, my mum phoned me at work and just said, your dad's dead. And I was like, what mum, what did you say? You know, he hadn't been ill or anything. So it was just totally out of the blue and it transpired. He'd had a fatal sudden heart attack. So more grief then, although I think at the time I, I, looking back now I didn't actually <clears throat> really grieve for him so um you know it's a bit I was still in the trauma of the loss of my son even you know two years on because anyone else that's listening that's had that sort of loss would know that you know it it doesn't uh, it does go on and on and then about about 18 months after that um, my mum sadly passed away as well so I was only 28 then so I, at that time I'd lost you know everyone that was close only had a small family so um you know the the three main people in my life had already gone so I just carried on battling through because that was sort of how I was brought up and um getting on with things not really seeking any help to process it and then life revolved on I did go on to get married and have two other sons and um had a miscarriage in between uh, them as well though so <laughs> a bit more grief along the way and then fast forwarding um years back in 2016 I had a sudden resurgence of the grief so I was triggered <coughs> at a 
um, workshop that I went to um, about business. So totally separate. It was just a video that was played and it all came up again. And like the lady that was running it at the end said, I know it was a long time ago, but maybe you need to seek some help. And I was like, no, no, I'm all right. You know, by that time, I generally thought I had, you know, pushed through it. And, you know, it was almost like it was a separate part of my life. It was still with me, obviously. But uh, um, yeah, I thought I'd, you know, processed what I needed to, but obviously not. And then a few months later, it came up again at another workshop that was around working with energy. And then that was when everything changed, really. And um, I found a way to release that sadness and, and grief that was really locked away. And I'd buried down because I think in the early stages it was just too painful to feel some of the feelings and I was pushing on and running away with the pain and then that led me into the suggestion that maybe I could help others do the same and I was sort of at first like little old me you know I'm only Jude how can I help anyone but yeah I've taken up that challenge so and um, been on an extended healing journey myself really since then and um looking into the the grief area so now I'm on a bigger mission to sort of change grief as a whole and help as many people as I can process it and not do what I did at the time run away because even if you think it's not affecting your life it is and you know it, it'll either be affecting it in small pockets that you don't realize and I just want everyone to live their own fullest life that they they can and you know it's it's desperately sad these people aren't here with us that are so precious be it you know son mum dad partner you know whoever is really important to you but you're still here and it's it's just to really get your spark back again and I know a lot of my clients say it's it's like finding their old you and you know getting their life back when you think because you know the way you played it out um you know whatever it be you know I know that times later it hit me like when my parents weren't at my wedding you know either of them it's just that thing you just always assume your dad's going to walk you down the aisle you know you don't sort of you know unless you're getting married really old later sort of thing you uh, you think they're going to be there for those moments so yeah that's sort of my journey in a bit of a nutshell and I think what I love about hearing your journey is that you you bring to the surface that grief isn't something that is just with you for a short amount of time. It's mm. something that stays with you throughout your whole life. And that also, you know, you were, your grief came up in a time when you least expected it to, to come to the mm. surface at a business event. And quite often we find that these moments in our life when we least expect it is when actually it, it can be the most painful yeah and you know to to see that you've used that pain that you felt then and you've turned it into something now to help others so that they don't have to feel the way that you did and go through that process the way that you did I think is an absolutely beautiful amazing thing that you're giving back to to the grief community so what was your understanding of, of grief and loss prior to your own personal experience I know you said that you felt you would you, you kind of suppressed it and you just pushed on and you kind of pushed it to the back of like your mind and your you just kind of kept going is that what you expected yeah, yeah. grief to be like when you first experienced it 
I don't really know. I don't know if I'd thought about it in that terms. I mean, the only person I'd lost prior to that, I lost my nan when I was in my early teens. So, you know, she was in her mid-80s. Um, I wasn't allowed to go to the funeral, though, because that was just sort of my parents' upbringing. And, you know, I was like, oh, and I did feel a bit then that I, I wasn't allowed to say goodbye. And obviously that's the thing now with what's going on in the current times with COVID, where, you know, people are limited to who can go to the funeral. So a lot of people are experiencing that. So it's, it's you know, and that's part of the work I do with helping people let go of whatever is coming up for them uh, around everything but and I think the other thing I remember with Adam um, you know he'd been we'd been given the terminal diagnosis for a few months so I'd had all that time to prepare and I thought in my head I'd thought yeah you know I'd accepted it was happening but I even remember back at that time being how shocked I was when the, the event actually happened and it, it was like almost like I wasn't expecting it like it was sudden you know not quite as sudden as with my dad but uh, yeah it was still a big shock and then after that I think it's and I think I said to you when we chatted before uh, one of the things I always do is I've always been that sort of person that thinks about others feelings and puts them so I think that was part of it was helping me as well so it was like a protection factor but now I realise it was just putting that barrier up like I'd asked one of my colleagues at work to um, spread the words because they've been on the journey with me as well where he'd been here on and off for three years so sort of everyone knew what's going on and I didn't want to be seen as oh the poor girl in sales that lost her son you know and I thought you know if anyone spoke to me at that point I would have just broken down into tears that so was like right tell everyone not to ask me so it was like I could compartmentalize it and I think a lot of you know some people do that don't want to generalize but I think men do it more often than women and I know particularly with the parents I work with that causes a lot of fraction between them as well because you know the the husband's doing the thing and I think to a degree I was a bit like that because I was a single mum so I went part of going back to work as well was so I could afford to keep the flat that Adam and I had so you know I could keep our home going so I had that to you know lock on to I think that was part of my driving point as well and and keeping that going so but it did you know, it allowed me a distraction. And then another thing at the time, none of my friends had children because I was only 24 when um, I lost him. So they didn't really know what to do. They, you know, thinking, I've got poor Jude's on her own in that flat. So um, they didn't want me sort of being stuck in there and moping around. So, you know, they did what young people do at that age. You know, they sort of dragged me out on a Friday night. And I went again, partly to, you know, so they felt all right and you know they weren't sort of worried about me but and again I, I drank a bit too much so I could actually get through the nights and know that's another thing that people find is you know how can you go to social engagements and that sort of thing and um, you know because they you know, all these things can be triggering points you know especially now like I didn't have social media at the time but I know now people posting you know photos and uh, things and that you know that can trigger when you know there's like the back to school photos or the graduation photos and that you know it, it all brings up those or just any happy family photos that people obviously just naturally post on social media and then you know other people are thinking oh it's all right for them you know nice day out with their mum I haven't got my mum anymore and you know you get all those trigger points as well so you know like with most things there's a up and a down there's a blessing and a curse in everything
yeah yeah definitely and as you say I think it's so easy to to want to protect others around you from that pain as well um and I I know from personal experience I I used to do it I used to you know pretend that I was all okay because I thought that if I pretended everything was okay everyone around me would be okay too Mm. but actually more times than not the people around you know that you're putting up this wall and it can make them feel even more upset because they they don't Mm. want you to be putting up that wall and it's so important that when we're grieving that we feel comfortable and able to have that open space and if we want to cry cry and not feel bad for it you know yeah it definitely lets it out you know particularly the crying that that's a you know it's a form of release and you know don't get me wrong I had my times you know that was when I'd go back in the evening and then I'd have my release like that how I was getting through at the time but uh, um you know that's what I want to provide people with you know a space where they can let it go and and things and that as well and you know people can it's something I'd like where you know grief is more spoken about you know sort of I mean it's you you think it's you know it's moved on in some ways (laughs) where I am now to to back when I had my um, losses back then but in a lot of ways it still hasn't you know people do that and they genuinely do mean it I think you know they do I'm sorry for your loss or you know and you know they rally round at the beginning and and how but you know it's like we said at the beginning how long grief comes with you and how long it's part of your life you know whether you realize it or not with you know it's it can be holding you back without you actually realizing it's holding you back you know like it was in um my case and uh, um you know it's just yeah I just want to say you know that there is another way through it yes you've got to go through that that painful period however long that is and you know release what what's what's coming up and that sort of thing but look to the other side and then the other thing that's that's got me through in my recent healing journey as well is just feeling that there's still more of a connection with Adam and my parents and that as well so you know it's like years on like my my other sons were born six and eight years after I lost Adam and from birth they were always still going regularly we were visiting the grave because in my logical mind you know that was his new home if you like you know that was that was where he was sort of thing so but I never really felt better by going there sort of thing it was just trying to have that connection and you know in the early years I've spent a lot of time sitting there trying to feel close but never did whereas now you know over 20 nearly almost 30 years later um I can just sit tune in with myself now I've let go of all those barriers that are holding up and then just feel that connection with him in my heart and my soul and you know that's what I believe we're not actually disconnected you know they're gone in the physical and that's what we hang on to so much because it's what we know and you know what we've grown up believing in that but just knowing that they're around you in whatever way you know you can connect with them so that's a big part of what I do as well get people to feel that because that's you know that's what we feel that's the loss isn't it we think we've lost them but you've you've lost them in the physical sense you can't you know do that but you can still you know you can still have the conversation with them whether you do that in some sort of journal and you know you write to them you tell them about your day what's going on as you would do and it's just learning to you know converse with them in a different way but you have still got that connection 
Yeah, yeah. And that that kind of connection, I think, never truly leaves. It's a connection that's with you and it's completely individual. Even if it's the, even if two people have lost the same person, it's completely mm. individual to you. And to find your way of, of keeping that connection alive. Do you feel that, I mean, I might be completely wrong here, but do you feel that some of those actions you were doing at the start, so visiting the grave and trying to find a connection, you were doing those almost because you believed that was the right way to do it and that's kind of what everybody did yeah I suppose it was I think it was the only thing that was out there then I hadn't really had any um spiritual connection man I had a loose feeling just in the similar way you would tell like a small child that had lost a nan oh nanny's up in heaven or something like that so it used to comfort me to think that you know you've you're, you're desperately trying to get some way to feel better so just by sort of thinking oh you know they are in heaven or whatever suits you know your religious or spiritual beliefs you know now I believe it's just energy and source and you know is out there and that's why I can connect so quickly sort of thing but at the time you know that gave me a bit of comfort and again when I lost my parents it was like oh well at least they're there with him looking after it now so you know I was still that was another thing I think I did at the time I was always looking for the brighter side you know people tend to be that way or another you know we often use the phrase oh are you a glass half full or a glass half empty person so I think I was always the glass half full and it was like you know to to think of it it was a glass half empty which is why and it was another thing that drove me on when all this rose up in 2016 and I looked out there that a lot of stuff that was in the grief space and there wasn't that much that I found at the time I found a few things since then like your podcast that is uplifting and you know although obviously it's a difficult topic and there's a lot of sadness that that carries with it it's you know looking past that point or how do we move through it and bring our grief with us and you know bring the energy of the person with us as well so um yeah it's sort of encompassing all of that Mm and how do you think that your grief and loss and your experience and your um you know losing losing your son and not really having any resources around you looking back now how did that impact your life how did that impact your choices that you made and the the path that you then chose to go on afterwards I think it did really it was just uh, that thing of pushing on and you know even like when I had my other children later so my husband was an Adam's um, dad then sort of thing so I didn't want to spoil you know his joy and his family's joy so you know it, they, it was the first grandchild in the family um, when that Nathan was born and um, first nephew and um, all of that so you know everyone else was really excited so you know I was happy and you know um, overjoyed sort of thing but there was that little bit within me that was still you know oh his big brother isn't here to see him and you know that so again he was just holding all of that in and then you know going on since then you know things like Christmases you know we did the things like and the boys just think it's normal so I obviously did quite a good job of sort of showing them that um I was okay but uh you know we'd go Christmas Eve and you know take Adam's gift whatever we were taking there for him and do that and uh when he was here he'd made a little um tree decoration at playgroup once so that always used to go on the top of the tree instead of the uh, fairy and that so it was like he was you know he was still part of the family in that sense but 
um it was like oh I didn't want to ruin Christmas for them so you know I wanted to sort of still oh it's happy times you know which it was but there was always that it was never a hundred percent happiness is what I realise now so you know that's what I want for everyone else so you know they can work through those things and not push them down and hide them away and you know run away from the pain sort of thing you know it's 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 awful to go through that at the time or or you get people that are the other extreme and they're just so much in the pain they can't even function and do the basic you know there's a whole spectrum um, between that but whatever elements people are, are at they can you know process that and you know they can do it over a period of time um whether it's a little bit of help and and it's about changing the way because I think a lot of the help that's that's out there and you know it is it is good to some degree so you know something like counselling people go and they get a certain amount off of their chest like a couple I work with they'd been in counselling for two years so they had they it got them to a certain point they'd moved to a different area because again they didn't want to be known as the couple in the village that that had lost the child because they lived in quite a small village so it's like they could start a new life and they could choose who they shared you know their their history with and um how they approached it but obviously when they they come to me there was still a load of you know deep sadness and that that they were holding on to and you know it was looking at that transformation and seeing people come out the other side and just knowing there's so much more you know that that's how I look back on it when I looked at mine so I don't want other people to lose you know so many years of their life not fully living it for them and and but it's not you know a lot of people think like with sadness to sunshine they they think oh if I'm letting go of the sadness they think that that's letting go of the Mm. person sort of thing so I think that's a big thing but it's you know it's totally not if you let go of that sadness you can allow more loving to your life for you now and who you're with and and genuine like 100% love like I look back now and I think I could have maybe enjoyed those Christmases even more but just being you know more open and you know there was to a certain degree and again it's another thing I look back now and I think it was like Adam's energy or my soul guidance you know or a mixture of the whole lot that was making me get through you know how I'd got through and and do that to a certain level but yeah I'm just passionate about taking it to the next level with as many people as I can and you know giving them help along the way. Mm. Mm. I think I think it's so amazing that you're you're able to do that and that you use your own experiences to help others and that you're clearly so passionate about it and I think what you were saying about you you're able to it's it's sometimes it's quite confusing because we're taught that you either feel pain or you feel Mm. happiness and you can't feel them both alongside each other and you feel so so when you are having these happy moments you know like Christmas with your with your kids you feel like you're not allowed to be sad but Mm. actually you can still be sad that those people aren't there to enjoy those happy moments with you and it's 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 realizing that and it's learning to um, navigate it within yourself how to navigate both of those feelings together so that you don't get consumed just by the pain or just by the happiness you can have both together run side by side um, and to also know you know I love that name sadness to sunshine because I think that's so true if you know enjoying your life as it is now and who Mm. you are now and things you have now doesn't mean that you're forgetting that person 
you know, you're still living with them in your heart. You're still living them with them in your memories. Um, and I love that that's the message that you promote is to, you can, you can have that happiness and you can move through it. And it doesn't mean that you're, you know, leaving them behind because I think that's a massive misconception and misunderstanding that so many people who are mm. grieving have, and it's really sad. Um, it's and really, if you, really sad. It, if, the way I see it is if you release that energetic charge of the situation, you, you can talk about it and then, yeah, you're still going to, you know, get emotional sometimes and it's going to come up, but then other people aren't so sad because, you know, it can go one way or the other, or you get other people that are just they're totally locked back in that sadness and almost only talking about the person that, that's gone to, you know, almost the point of obsession to, to want of a better word but you know if they let that go then you can just bring them in it can be that's what I'd love if it was like part of the everyday conversation sort of thing you know so it's not back to what you know society has taught us when you know we say that and then when the funeral's over or a few weeks later and you know and that's something particularly in the bereaved parents community that obviously I've been part of over the last few years where you know people think oh yeah when it when is the right time to get past you know losing them or losing someone major especially if you use them you know young you know parent or something you, you just expect them to be around to a, a certain degree and a, a certain age but uh, it's it's being able to talk about them you know one of my favorite um ted talks can't remember the lady's name but she lost her husband and then she talks about she's got remarried and about how her husband is still part of them because obviously everything that she went on in her journey and that as and and how she, the woman she is now was all part of him and and I think he was ill with cancer as well so you know their journey and expecting that so you know people looking out would think oh it's this weird thing it's like three people in the marriage and that but it, it's not you know it's not like you've loved that person anymore or you know you get a step parent or you know or you know another child like my two sons I've got now don't replace Adam in any way but it's you know it's it's just getting that blend and I'm a Libra and so you know you talk about there being two sides again it's it's that balance and I think that was part of my natural personality then trying to balance it I just didn't have any guidance or any way to do it so I sort of fumbled along and just did it in my own way and at my own intuition but you know if people have got a path that they can be led along then you know that helps them cope and navigate you know everyone's grief is so unique and everyone's journey is different but you know if there's sort of key things that would be similar for everyone and if they've got ways of coping with those and coping with the triggers when they they come up then you know that that's a way of helping them get through it and get past and you know onto the next stage definitely and do you think that after um your both your parents passed away do you feel that the grieving process for that was different to the grieving process of your son because you'd sort of, sort of had that experience and the hindsight almost of the fact that before you had maybe suppressed it quite a lot and then were you able to maybe express it a little bit more with with your parents i don't think so really because i think i was still actually grieving because um obviously the world was a different place and there wasn't social media so there wasn't the groups there wasn't you know podcasts like this that you can listen to you know I had the support of the Macmillan nurse when um I lost Adam and that was about it I think 
counselling may have been mentioned, but I remember thinking at the time, well, what's the point? And that was, you know, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable talking it over with people that were close to me, either, you know, my parents at the time when they were still there or, you know, I speak about it a little bit with my friends, but um, not very much. I found it quite hard to, you know, I probably didn't really know how I was feeling myself, let alone, you know, express it like that. So I thought, what's the point of going to talk to someone? They can't give me the one thing that, you know, we all want at the time. We just want that person back. And, you know, you, you don't see any way of making um, them feel any better. You know, again, that was another thing, I uh, think, that drove me through in those early times, just from that point of the push energy was, you know, I was in so much pain and, you know, I think at one point it hit me, I thought, well, I'm 24 I'd, or 26, 28 with game when I'd had the extra grief and lost my parents. So what could, you know, I'm going to be here for the next 30, 40 years, say looking like that on an average life expectancy. And the, the thought of being in that intense amount of pain for that length of time was, you know, more unbearable. So it was, that was a big part of my driver at the time to push through. But in doing that, you know, you push a lot down and you don't actually release it and let it go and then you're still holding on to all that you know energetic charge and that sadness that that's stopping you from you know living your expanded life that everyone should be living Mm. so what has been your biggest lesson that you've taken from all of your experiences so I think the, the biggest one is is not to um to actually let the emotions out which is something that I really didn't want to do at the time sort of thing you know this is control freak as well you know I've got this it's okay I I can I can cope I can manage but yeah it it is you know letting them out and and then it's processing them as well because I think that's a lot of things that happen you know there are outlets sometimes for people to let it out but then if you don't actually bring in something else to replace it you know the nature laws say the universe avoids a void so you know if you let it all out but you're not then it just sort of comes back in and it's like you know it's like if you pull that weed up (laughs) in the gardening (laughs) analogy sort of thing and then you know they grow back sometimes they grow back even bigger than they were in the first place so you've got to get to the root of it get it right out and then you know it's not going to be there or there's only going to be you know a tiny bit so it's not going to make that much effect and you know you can um, and there's another lady that's written a book and she talks about grow growing the grief garden and that sort of thing and you know looking after yourself Mm, definitely and so if if you could give one piece of advice to somebody who either hasn't experienced grief and loss yet but you know at some point in life unfortunately we do all come across it or somebody who is currently going through grief and loss, what would that be? I think it's really hard, similar to what I said in the other one, but also to live for every moment now. I know that was something, especially the way I cope with things after losing my parents, when other stuff happened later in life, it was always sort of, oh, well, it's not as bad as that. And, you know, you never know if you're going to be here. And, you know, some of my decisions across those years as well have been a bit oh, well, I'll just just go for it because, you know, you don't know if you are going to be here. It it wasn't so much in a fear sense sort of thing, like at that point, you know, like now I'm actually looking here forward to being here (laughs) for a few more years on this earth. But uh, yeah, back then it was like, oh, well, you never know what's happening. So you're just going to do that and, you know, just 
be grateful for every moment that you've got as well, which is the other bit that, you know, kills me when I see people outside, you know, stuck in those those depths of grief and not finding their way, whatever that is, to um, try and move forward and, and move through it because, you know, they're still here and, um, you know, countless other times one of the other ladies I'd trained with in one of the other courses, her mum had lost a son so she'd lost a brother but she almost lost her mum at the time because her mum just wasn't coping with it and even now that lady had a daughter as well and you know she said mum's not really much of a nan either you know how you so it's just you know situations like that when you hear about them you think it's just so sad so it's that ripple in the pond effect it's Mm. not just affecting you it's you know the little girl now is almost deprived of having a fully loving fully happy nan because she's still holding on to that sadness she's not found her way to let it out and and process it so you know that's my way whatever works um for you whether it's counseling energy work you know spiritual side you know whatever and I sort of share a multitude of things now in uh um, the work I do so you know people can find a, an element that suits them but some sort of way of expressing it or creative you know and, and moving forward and um, finding their way through grief which is why I think you know things like this are great as well because it just gets the conversation going and people think oh there's other people that feel like me you know you think you're the only one or you're putting on that big pretense to the world and you know pretending to be happy but you're not you're not living you know your life and you know that's what I realize now and you know you take away some things I think well I could have done things differently but you know again I've let that sort of thing go and just what can I do moving forward to try and uh, get others to you know move through their grief more easily mm-hmm. and you've done not it's not only the you know working with couples and parents that you you do you also wrote a book so can you tell us yeah. a little bit more about this book? Yeah, so that came out basically quite at the early stage of um, my journey as well. So I was just really passionate. I mean, the work I was doing at the time, I was doing social media work when all of this uh, grief resurfaced and was actually writing a book about that. But I just didn't really want to do that. So I sort of switched and thought, now I'm going to focus on, you know, that's the book I'm passionate about and wrote about what had helped me at the time and the energy um, work that I'd found and how, you know, letting go of your thoughts or transforming your thoughts and transforming your emotions are about that and at the time people said oh you know will it help if I've had some other sort of loss when I first launched it and I said oh it would you know that I'd specifically mentioned Adam throughout there and I'd always had that thing of oh I'm going to do a rewrite that's more general grief and put things in there and then again in my journey moving forward on there you know mixture even some of the, the business work that I've done it's it's brought out more stuff to come up and be healed and you know in the more recent times I've looked at that relationship as well so yeah I'm in the throes of doing a rewrite of the book so it's more generally about grief and um, I'm just in the throes of launching a new membership site where people can come on and um, hold community where they can sort of share things safely in a safe space and um, I would provide um, support with that as well and you know there'll be lots of different all the things I've discovered basically across the last three years sort of thing there'll be little pieces of that in there about 
how to journal and gratitude stuff and different energetic ways of releasing so people can have a dabble and see what works for them and um, dive in deeper if they want to so uh, yeah just to again widen that to help more people yeah amazing and I love the fact that you're opening a community like membership platform because I think and even you know from the first time that we spoke there's always something so special about meeting other people who have experienced grief or loss and even if you know for me it was the death of my mother for you it was Mm. the death of your son and they're two very different experiences but you're able to find a connection that sometimes you just can't find with other people outside Mm. of the community and it 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 really allows you to have these deeper conversations to feel like you're able to open up and and I'm not saying we can't open up to people who haven't experienced it you know I I speak to friends and but it's it's that ability to open up without fear of judgment or fear of making the other person feel uncomfortable or you know you never want to put somebody in a position where they don't know what to say or they just feel a bit awkward and having that community around you who just get it even if it's just a percentage of what you're going through it Mm. makes it's so much lighter you know and um, it's that whole problem shared is a problem halved concept yeah and I think that's so true to know that you're not alone and you've got that safe space to be able to just maybe maybe there's one day where you're feeling really really rubbish and you just want to say it out loud you need to say it somewhere and yeah. you're providing that space for so many people yeah, that's it. And it's and it's just there where, you know, you can turn it around as well, sort of thing. So, you know, people can, you know, and that was one of the things that helped me in the early days as well. That was one of the things I did. I used to think about a bit mad, but like different worst case scenarios sort of thing, you know, I used to think and and sometimes if someone else says it's to you, again, I know it's a lot of people I've worked with have said that, you know, or you know, again on the Facebook groups that are on um there about grief they'll sort of say how can someone say you know oh at least they're in heaven now but if if it's your own thought and it's giving you some comfort or used to think like oh at least he's not suffering anymore or or, you know he wasn't murdered he didn't die in some horrible way or something like that but you know now I've even got a different perspective on that from things that I've looked forward to you know that yeah it happens in that physical instance anyone that suffered that but it, it goes instantly and then as they pass you know their soul and you don't they don't remember any of that whereas we sit behind and we torture ourselves or you know like in my instance you know you torture yourself about all the trauma they went through as they were going through um you know the illness and things and you know you have those sorts of things locked in your memory of you know that last vision of them be it laying with tubes you know in a hospital bed or um you know laying at a roadside or something like that but that that's just your trauma that you're holding on to it doesn't it's not there anymore and that's the sort of things that you know with the working with the energy you, you can actually release that charge from it so you know you can still talk about um those things one of my favorite pictures to look at now i've got one of me holding Adam standing next to Batman at Madam Two Swords when we went to um, stay with a friend when in the last few months when he was terminal before he was too 
bad and you know before I used to look at that picture and think oh he looks really ill in it and you know all the sadness and all of that whereas now I look at it and think oh we had a really wonderful time you know to him he met his idol at the time you know that was before the days of technology the kids probably wouldn't think much of it now but uh, um, you know at, at that era he was like oh I've, you know he met Batman so he was like really excited and we'd had a lovely weekend with my friend and you know that so now I go back to the happy point of that one rather than before I would have looked at that photo and just thought oh it looks really poorly in that and you know it's only been recently that I found a few more photos of when we went away um to Disneyland as well when um uh he was ill and uh you know you can look at it with a different aspect rather than looking back at those things so you know that's what I want for people where you know they're not so still going to be that little bit of you know moment but yeah in general you can go back and you know you can remember the the fun times about things like that Mm -hmm. definitely and I think that is such a special thing to be able to do when you're able to you know it takes people different amounts of time but if you're able to get to that Mm -hmm. point and look back on those memories I've got memories of my mum you know she was in hospital for a long time and she was on so many medications that she didn't know what she was saying half the time Mm -hmm. And at one point she accused me of robbing a bank and started (laughs) shouting at me. And, you know, for so many years that upset me because I thought my mum was so unwell. She was screaming at me. It was quite scary. But looking Mm. back now, I, I look back on it and laugh because I think, you know, what, if, if my mum was here today, she would think that is so funny that she just turned to me and accused me of robbing a bank, little old me. And there's these moments that it can take time to heal, but when you can find the the love in those memories and the happiness mm. in those memories, it completely changes your perspective. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. So if people would like to connect with you, how can people find you? So if they're interested in maybe being a part of your community or ordering your book, um, let us know. So yeah, the the website's a, a bit of a work in progress at the moment. But yeah, if they go to uh, sadness2sunshine.com, then basically all the information's um, on there. Or if you search it on Facebook, that's where I am most at the moment. It's my uh, best social media platform. I need to try and do a bit more with the others. It was always where I focused when I used to do the work before predominantly. And um, yeah, that was my home. So yeah, if they search sadness to sunshine on Facebook or sadness to sunshine.com, then they'll find all the details on there and everything will be updated as things move forward. Perfect. And I'm so excited to read your book because of current situations in the world. Postage takes a little bit longer than usual. So I've not actually been able to read it yet, but I'm really looking forward to reading it. And I'll definitely um, let people know how I get on with that. So thank you so much. Before we, you know, say goodbye, are there any last words that you would like to say? Any little nuggets of wisdom that you would like to share just before we end here? Just, I think the thing is just to try and come, it sounds a bit silly, but come from a place of love as well. So it's all about connecting, you know, it, it is, they're so inexplicably linked, you know, love and, and grief. And, you know, the, the thing is as well, I think you don't have to stay with that loss forever. And, and it's definitely about, you know, letting go of the, the sadness isn't letting go of that person. It's, it's just raising the other side up so that they, you know, they come with you 
more and you know you can feel that that connection so yeah that's the the thing really you can let go of the sadness you can find the sunshine in you again but that's not letting go of that person in in any way shape or form it's actually being able to you know express yourself more being able to talk about them and you know bring the love and the joy that you had with them forward in your life and you know it, it all then merges into one love that love that thank you so much Jude for coming on and sharing your story your journey what you're doing now I really appreciate it and I'm sure there's so many people out there as well that be able to take so much from it and I'm sure they will be intrigued to get in contact with you and be part of that community I'm really looking forward uh to to being a part of it myself so thank you excellent (laughs) (laughs) all right enjoy the rest of your day thank you so much for coming on you're welcome If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. I invite you to also come and be a part of the community by connecting with us on Instagram at Grow With Grief. Before we go, I want to take the time to thank you. Thank you for tuning in and being part of a community that opens conversation, raises awareness and brings individual perspectives and stories to the forefront of a topic that is often avoided and treated as uncomfortable. The conversations that we have may sometimes bring your own emotions, memories and triggers to the surface and I want to encourage you to know that you are not alone. If you or anyone you care for is in need of support, please reach out to your local support line or if you are in Australia, you can contact Griefline by phone on 1300 845 745 who are available from midday to 3am every day.